You're listening to Season 2 of the Live 360 Podcast with Tony Sutherland, and this is Episode 57. Let's just jump right on in. The goal today is to get through the rest of these 15 tests that taught me lessons. I'm just going to say go back and listen to the past three episodes and get caught up. We've covered at least nine tests that taught me lessons. The whole idea behind it is that in life, in real life, and in the kingdom of God, sometimes We have to take the test first and then learn the lesson later. And that's the way it usually works out. And so today we're going to start with test number 10. We're going to go through the rest of them. They're powerful. This is going to end our series that we've been doing with a bang. It's going to be powerful. So let's jump into test that taught me lessons. All right. Number 10. The 10th test that taught me lessons is the initiation test. Now, that's a different one, but just hang with me for a moment. What I've learned with initiating things is I have found that what God starts, only he can finish. And God promises that what he starts, he's going to finish. In your life, you may feel like that all your dreams are over. You might feel like that your ministry is ending and that all these things are falling apart around you. But God promises that the most important things in your life will stay the test of time. We're talking about tests here. And the lessons I've learned the hard way are the things that I've tried to start on my own strength and my own initiative. And they've had some nominal success. They've had some, you know, longevity to a certain degree. I've learned a lot. But the things that have lasted the longest are the things that God called me to do and that God started. And there's even been some things that I've started to do that I really persevered and I I gave it my all in in my health and in, you know, my productivity and my projects and my creativity. And, you know, God has no problems with us trying things and doing things and stepping out and, and learning new things. But there's certain things that God touches that last a lifetime. And I found that if you try to start something in your own strength, a lot of times it takes the strength of your own hand to maintain it. And I, I just believe that there's just some things that we step out to do that really are a waste of time. They exhaust us needlessly. And sometimes the things that I've started have finished me. Come on, guys, you know what I'm talking about. Some of the things that I've started, I've been able to complete to a certain degree, but some things I've started have just finished me. And I believe that when we build castles unto ourselves, they're going to fall in on us and sometimes even fall in on those who are around us and hurt them. And some of you out there have been trying some things, have been doing some things, and you're getting exhausted. You don't feel like it's paying off. And sometimes you just got to do the math and give yourself an honest assessment and say, hey, I don't know if this is producing the most fruit in my life. I saw a guy today on YouTube. 
He was going really good with his podcast video, and he made an announcement. He just said, we're ending this uh, podcast on YouTube. We're going to go audio. And he said, it's just taking too much of my time, the editing and the struggle and the strain to keep it going. You got to know what you're made of and you got to count the cost. A lot of people just don't count the cost. It's okay to give up on some things. Sometimes you'll hear people say, ah, don't give up. Don't give up. Just keep going. But sometimes you got to just know when the fat lady has sung her song or when the swan (laughs) has floated across the pond you know, giving it that swan song. Sometimes things just need to come to an end. Sometimes God is telling you, stop. This is going to cause you to crash and burn and run your family off a cliff. Sometimes we take on too much, but when God starts something, he will finish it. And I believe if it's God's will, it's his bill. When God initiates something, He'll pay for it. He'll take care of it. What God initiates, he orchestrates. If it's the Lord's doing, the Bible tells us in Psalms 118, 23, if it's the Lord's doing, it will be marvelous in our eyes. If the Lord really does initiate something, if he tells you to go somewhere, tells you to do something, calls you to a ministry, calls you to a career, he speaks to your heart and he gives you a piece about buying the car or investing in real estate or whatever it is. When God tells you to do it and you have a peace about it, and I believe God will speak to us about those things, it's okay to step out and do it. And sometimes it does take a step of faith. Sometimes we don't hear clearly like we think we do. I mean, every time we step out to do something, there's got to be some faith involved or wouldn't take a step of faith. It would take a step of knowing. And a lot of times when we're doing big things, we're taking big risks and it's okay to do that. But you got to be sure that it's not something that you just really want to do really, really bad. And then you get out there in the middle of it and you lose things and you start to go under and you've invested too much money and you've ruined too many relationships. Sometimes It's just time to stop. And I'm not trying to discourage you. I've had to quit some things in my life and I've given it a good go. I've given it a good spin. I've given it a lot of effort and it just didn't pay off in the long run. Now, there's certain things that I'm doing right now because I'm a little older. I've had a little more time and a little bit more caution to think about things. And I'm just not as risky as I used to be. I'm a little more cautious. I'm a little more prayerful. I'm a little bit more, um, you know, I inquire of the Lord and get his counsel before I do things. Talking about the prayer test last week. But I believe what God ordains, he sustains. Remember, God told Noah to build an ark, but only God could make it rain. So there's certain things that you do, but then God has to do the supernatural thing. God never intended you to run out of you. So that's why it's not good for us just to jump into everything that our flesh and our lust covets and craves. Sometimes we'll see people doing things and it'll start pulling on us and we'll start getting anxious and feel like, man, if I don't do what they're doing, they're going to get ahead of me. That's called making decisions out of fear and anxiety. Don't do it. Don't initiate something that you can't sustain. What God ordains, he sustains. God never intended you to run out of you. So stick to what God told you to do and do what he initiates. Don't take needless risks because you'll suffer needless pain and needless ending 
and go through needless, tough circumstances. God doesn't want that for your life. So let him initiate. You follow him. You take his lead. Get a peace from God to do what he calls you to do. And I believe that you will pass the initiation test. And more importantly, the lessons won't be so hard. All right, guys. Number 11 is the excellence test. Now, I've mentioned this so many times But there have been times when I've given it half my best and I got half the results. And every time you do something, even if it's short term or momentary or it's a small project or it seems insignificant, give it your best. Walk in excellence. Good enough is just not good enough. Don't have that mentality. Excellence, details, sweat the small stuff. You know, we've been told that the devil is in the details. Wrong. God is in the details. And you're going to find God in the details of your life. You know, when I go somewhere to speak or I'm introduced by someone, I never want to be introduced like this. Ladies and gentlemen, we're so thankful to have Tony Sutherland here. He's one of the most mediocre, ordinary, middle-of-the-road guys I know. Would you welcome him? But don't give him too much applause. Just kind of hold back a little bit. You know, I never want to be introduced like that. I want to give my best so that when people see me or they know that I'm about to step up, they have confidence in the final product. I want to take pride in what I do. I want to do things right. Some people would say I'm a little obsessive, but that's usually the people that don't give a care about things. They don't care. So I'm not going to listen to them. The people I'm going to listen to are the ones that are agging me on and cheering me on to do more and be more and be better at what I do. I'm not talking about be more saved. (laughs) I'm talking about just doing better at what I do. I don't want to be the most average. I want to be noticed above the crowd. Not that I need the attention, but listen, guys, I want doors to open. So I'm going to knock well. Excellence just raises the level of your value and influence. And if people don't value your influence, all they'll hear from you is blah, blah, blah. Like Charlie Brown's mom and dad. That's what you're going to hear from people who don't have excellence in their DNA. I love Ruth. You know, there's a a verse in Ruth 3 and verse 11. I want you to listen to this. It says, now my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you whatever you ask for all my people in the city know that you are a woman of excellence. Wow, guys, excellence. It, what it does is it makes you the go-to person. So when the test of excellence comes into your life, whether it's on your job, your career, your ministry, being a dad, being a mom, studying for your high school exams, entering into college. Don't just get by on a C mentality. I understand if you've got learning disabilities, that's one thing. But, you know, I never accepted that from my kids. My kids are smart and I'm going to encourage them to give an A plus effort. Because if you shoot for the moon, you might hit a few stars. Challenge yourself. Be excellent. You got to have an excellent mindset. Excellent means to excel to go higher. And if you have a spirit of excellence, when the excellence test comes, the lessons won't be so hard and you'll pass the excellence test. All right. The next test is a very important one. It's called the forgiveness test. And man, let me tell you, there's been a lot of those that I have not passed. 
and I've learned some hard lessons. I'm just going to tell you guys the best thing to do when you're hurt is forgive. As hard as it is. Yeah, you got to process. Yeah, you got to be real. Yeah, you got to have some conversations with people outside so you can vent and get off all your anger and frustration. But I'll never forget my brother told me one time, I was driving down the road and I was angry and I'd been severely hurt by some people in ministry and the local church and I was resigning. I was on my way out to this day. I still, you know, think about it. Sometimes I have to continually forgive. And I was going off with my brother about how they hurt me and how they did this and how they did that. And my brother said, Tony, all pride has to go out the window. Man, that shook me for a minute. I'm like, pride keeps us from forgiving. Time doesn't heal anything. Only God heals. And the way you get to healing quicker is to forgive. It's actually a gift you give yourself. When you forgive somebody, you're giving a gift to yourself. You're going to learn a lot of hard lessons and you're going to fail that forgiveness test quite often. All of us do. But you're going to get to healing a lot quicker by forgiving. Mark my words, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get betrayed. You're going to get falsely accused. You're going to be misunderstood, opposed, and even threatened. And you need to do like Jesus, just forgive like he forgave. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. He forgave them before they hurt his feelings. Beat people to the punch. Don't hold people hostage to their apology before you forgive them. Just forgive them, bless them, love them. Because you can either curse your hurts, you can nurse your hurts, you can rehearse your hurts, or you can reverse your hurts through forgiveness. Let me say that again. You can curse your hurts and the people that hurt you. I curse them. I hope that they have a miserable life. Pray for your enemies, the Bible says, for those who hurt you and persecute you. When someone slaps you on the cheek, turn it the other way and say, I forgive you. What was being said there in that scripture about turning your cheek, it means to be quick to forgive. When someone hits you on one side, turn your cheek to the other side and forgive them. And be open because you're probably going to get hurt again. But I would say that if you're hurting, you're crying, you're upset, you're wounded, that means you have a tender heart. Don't trade a tender heart for a bitter root in your life. The Bible says, be tender hearted, forgiving one another. How do you keep your heart tender? Because if you're going to be a healthy person, you're going to have to have a trusting and tender heart. It doesn't mean being recklessly trusting and trusting the wrong people. You got to guard your heart to some degree, but you don't want to be so bitter that you're seared. You don't want to have any relationships with anybody. You got to forgive. You got to forgive quick because life is going to hit you with some hard knocks. If you hold on to bitterness, man, get free of that stuff. Forgive your enemies and don't hold on to hurts too long. As quickly as you can, let them go. Forgive as fast as you can. Don't hold on to bitterness. Let it go. Wish them the best, but forgive and be willing to be open to where you may have had something to do with it. You know, sometimes pride doesn't let us see where we might have been at fault. Sometimes we're so quick to point the blame and look at others and how they hurt us and what they did and what they said that we can't even see the possibility that maybe we contributed and maybe we didn't. But when you let your pride down and you let your guard down and you let your bitterness down, you don't just forgive, but you're able to let the Lord talk to you honestly and by all means forgive. All right. The next test, number 13, is the promotion test. Guys, 
There's nothing that's going to test your life more when the rubber meets the road than the promotion test. I believe God will even use your enemies to promote you. Psalms 101 verse 1 says, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. What does that mean? Sometimes your enemies are going to help promote you. It'll look like they're blocking you and opposing you, but they're actually setting you up to go the direction you didn't think you were going to go and then elevating your life. And you're going to find out who your enemies and your friends are real fast when you get promoted. You're going to discover those who were never your friends to begin with and those who you didn't know who were your friends are going to show up. And man, I never expected you to be involved with this. And one of the things I found out is that Very few really care about your promotion as much as they do their own. So a sure way to delay your promotion is to share all your dreams with everybody because some people just really don't care much about your dreams as much as their own. I've seen several friendships dissolve because someone got promoted and elevated and the other one didn't get to go with them. So be prayerful. Walk through doors slowly, cautiously, prayerfully. Don't try to kick down doors and don't try to scrap. Trust the Lord. Do your part. Make that extra effort, but humble yourself in the journey. Because if you cast your pearl before the wrong people, they'll trample on it. Humble yourself and you'll be promoted. Promote yourself and you'll be humiliated. And when you promote yourself, the Lord spoke to me one time and said, Tony, when you promote yourself, you're taking an opportunity away from me to do it for you. Does that speak to anybody? There's just times, man, where I've tried so hard to get somewhere and I did get there. And then I looked back and I thought, yeah, I don't like the way I got here. I kind of messed things up and broke a couple relationships on the way because I was just overly ambitious and I closed doors and I asked people to do things for me that I wish I never would have asked relationships that I kind of skewed from the beginning because when they saw me coming, they knew I was coming to ask them for something or open a door or a special favor. I was using people and I've had to go back and review some things and think, man, I wish I would have just walked a little bit slower Still been a go-getter, still get the job done, be the go-to guy, be excellent, work hard. But, you know, the Lord will temper that ambition. We've talked about that already. He'll temper it with places, faces, and spaces, and he's done that in my life. And I just hate that when I look back, I see some key relationships that I really could still have today if I wouldn't have just used them to get to where I wanted to be. But you know what? I've learned some lessons in promotion. I've learned some. I've met some people behind closed doors. I thought, man, are you kidding me? I admired you from a distance. And if this is what it means to be promoted or be higher up or recognized, I don't want it. Because at the end of the day, I want to maintain my integrity and I don't want to sacrifice things. And so sometimes my hunger for promotion taught me some hard lessons. And then my scrapping and getting the promotion taught me some hard lessons. Sometimes God will move you to a place that feels like you're not being promoted, but it's actually a promotion. Think about Joseph. He got thrown into a pit. He got sent to Potiphar's house and then he got thrown in a prison. And all three of those were promotions for him and he didn't know it. So sometimes when you get demoted, sometimes when you lose the opportunity or you get shifted in your company or you get moved down a notch or you get transferred to a new department and it doesn't mean the corner office this time. It means somewhere in the basement with an old filing cabinet. I don't know, but sometimes demotion can actually be promotion, but you're going to learn some lessons along the way that what real promotion is, is having peace in your heart, maintaining your integrity 
keeping your relationships intact, not going into debt. The times I've spent money on stuff that I thought would get me somewhere have actually cost me more than I wanted to pay. You're going to learn some hard lessons if you crave promotion over integrity. Don't do it. And by all means, let the Lord open doors for you. Don't kick them down because there's some hungry tigers on the other side of those doors that you're trying to get through. And I've met some of those tigers and man, they're roaring and they're growling and they've got saliva coming down their teeth and their fangs and they're ready to tear apart anybody else who gets through the door that they went through. You know, there's dragons on the other side of those doors that you're trying to kick down and they're breathing fire. And I've just learned the rule of dragons. Don't meddle with dragons because you are crunchy and taste good with ketchup. So walk softly, walk humbly, walk through doors slowly. Don't kick stuff down. Wait on the Lord. Let him promote you. Don't try to promote yourself. Don't toot your own horn, Proverbs says. And if you promote yourself, you're going to take an opportunity away from God to do it for you. The Bible says promotion comes from the Lord, and that's the best kind of promotion. All right, test number 14 is the failure test. You can't change your past, guys, but you can create a new future. You can start making plans to do new things. Quit kicking the dead horse. You failed. It's over. You messed up. You sinned. You blew it. You made a bad decision in your business. You made a bad decision in your team, in your ministry, whatever. But you can't change your past can only move forward. A righteous man falls seven times, but he rises again. Proverbs 24 and 16. You know, and you may fail, but you're not a failure. Failure isn't final. You need to get my book, Leader Slips. It's all about failure as a leader. And I've been learning and leading through failure for over 35 years in ministry. You can learn a lot from your failures. What you can learn from your failure is greater than what you will learn from your success. And success can numb you guys, but failure can arm you, man. You know, on average, a a National League baseball player strikes out 700 out of a thousand times at bat. You know, the average good batting average is around 300. That means every thousand times he's up to bat, he's going to strike out 700 times. Come on, man. That's That should encourage some of us. These guys are in the pro level and they strike out. Can you imagine them standing in front of these guys who throw 94 miles an hour, 95 miles an hour? That's intimidating. And sometimes the intimidation and the, and the fear of that ball can cause them to take their eye off of it. You know, when you dwell too long on your failures, think about it. What if they would step up and go, man, I've struck out 700 times. No, they're swinging for the fences, guys. They're swinging for the fences. I want to encourage you right here. The harder you fall, the higher you'll bounce. But you've got to have some bounce back. Don't get so hard from all your failures that the next time you fail, you fall and crack again and you get harder and you fall and eventually you shatter. Keep your bounce. Keep that bounce back. Every time you fail and you hit the ground, jump back up. A righteous man falls seven times, but he rises again. Grace will get you back up. Get back up with grace. 
God hasn't changed his mind about you. He still has great plans for you. And sometimes you're like a football. When you hit the ground and you bounce, you don't bounce the same direction as you went down. You bounce off in another direction. Be open to do different things. Be open on the bounce back that God might bounce you somewhere else and you'll end up in a place you never imagined, but you got to have your bounce back. Be flexible. And when you hit the ground hard, bounce up higher. Just tell somebody right there where you are, I got some bounce back. You're only a failure if you give up. I know you've heard some of this stuff before, but you know what, man? It's fresh to me. I fail a lot. I tell you, I've learned more through my failures than I have my successes. Get my book, Leader Slips. It'll really help you out. You can get it on Amazon.com or you can get it right off of my website at TonySutherland.com. You can also get a digital copy um, on Kindle and it'll, it'll encourage you leaders and people who are reaching for the stars you got to have some bounce back or you'll only just go so far you can pass that failure test you're going to learn some hard lessons but when you take the failure test don't stay down get back up test number 15 man we made it i knew we would we had to go a little faster than normal but number 15 is the power test the power test Come on, guys. Samuel, Joshua, David, even Samson can't compare to you because the power of God or the spirit of God would come upon them. But the spirit is in you. And I'm going to just tell you right now, listen to me, guys, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when I say that, some people go, yeah, I already have the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about ask him to fill you to overflowing. Walk with a conscious understanding that the Spirit isn't just in you, but it's bubbling out of you. It's flowing out of you. When you walk into that office building, man, picture yourself walking in the anointing and power of Jesus Christ. When you are parenting your kids, you've got the power of God to help you do it. When you are uh, doing projects, when you are paying your bills, when you're driving in traffic, when you're working on your marriage, when you are in the middle of difficult situations, the power of God is on your life. Don't walk around unaware of who you are and what you can do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me with power. Be strong in the Lord, the Bible says, and the power of his might. That's not just for preachers. That's for everybody. If you're struggling, if you're pressing through and you've got issues and concerns and circumstances surrounding your life that seem impossible with man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Now I'm preaching to somebody. Now I'm giving somebody some encouragement. Quit walking in natural mentality. Get your mind on the supernatural. Believe that God can touch people around you, save people around you, heal people around you. You're not just living in a life of existence, but you are living at another level. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Come on, know who you are because you're going to learn some hard lessons if you are unaware of the power that's in you. And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in your life. That means you can do all things. Man, you can get out of debt because the power of God is on your side. Do what he tells you to do. Make wise choices, but believe that there's a supernatural element to you and in your life that can help you consume the issues surrounding you with supernatural power. You are a supernatural person. You are not of this world. You are of the kingdom of God. You live in a different element. 
You're not just standing at a physical mountain, but you're in the host of innumerable angels, the book of Hebrews tells us. You have the power of God. When you go into the tests of life, go in with the power of God. Understand that every test you take in high school, the power of God is on your side. Come on, guys. Every struggle you have, when you don't have wisdom, when you don't know what to do, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom and it won't hold back. You've got supernatural power flowing out of your life. Walk in who you are and quit living like a normal person. You are not normal. You're ruined for normal. Be ruined for normal and walk in the power of God. This is the power test. Are you going to take it? Are you going to learn the lessons that come when you just kind of tried to do it in your own strength? Quit trying to do stuff in your own strength. Say, God, help me see through things and help me have supernatural insight and wisdom and discernment so that I'm not caught unaware and walking in, you know, beneath my means as a Christian, as a child of God. You're a child of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have the DNA of heaven in your life. You're not just flesh and blood, but you are supernatural. You have the Holy Spirit in your life. Rely on that. Fall hard on that. Quit relying in your own strength to get things done. Say, God, I need your supernatural strength to get through this circumstance or to conquer that mountain or to achieve that goal. Father, I need your supernatural strength to help me lose weight. You can do it. I give you my body. Take over and give me the inspiration and motivation I need. And as you step out, that power will follow you and it will move through you and it will help you conquer whatever things are coming against you. I'm telling you, no weapon formed against you shall prosper because of the power of God in your life. This is the power test. And guys, I promise you, when you become aware of who you are, you'll start noticing a difference in your life. Remind yourself, put a post-it note or put an alarm on your phone or write a note somewhere that I am supernatural. It's God's super on your natural that makes you supernatural. Yeah, it is your natural, but don't just function in the natural function in the supernatural. That's what the Holy Spirit is for. He wants you to succeed in every area of your life. When you go into a situation, you go through an open door, say, I need the power of God to go with me through that open door and move some obstacles and move some opponents and move some haters and move some roadblocks out of my way and give me supernatural strength. I can run through a troop and leap over a wall, the Bible says, because that's what supernatural people do. They get over walls and they run through obstacles and they fight with supernatural strength. Come on, guys, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities that are not of this world. They're supernatural elements coming at you every day. Don't let them just shoot you down. Stand up, throw up your armor and say, I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Man, guys, I'm going out of here like the 4th of July. Explosions and fireworks. Man, I am fired up about this part four test that taught me lessons. Man, I hope it's encouraged you and put some fire down in your bones. And if it has, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a generous review. Give us five stars and tell us what you think and share it with a bunch of people in your life who need to hear what you've heard today. Hey, man, I'll be back again next week with another powerful, encouraging teaching, something that will help you discover how to have peace and joy in every area of your life. And until then, we'll see you.